Hi, you're listening to In Traffic with Neil Rubenstein. I am your host, Neil Rubenstein. And today, I will be sitting in traffic, talking to Chris Cluey, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings and member of the band Tripping Icarus. Hi, Chris. Yeah, this is Chris. Hey, it's Neil Rubenstein. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. Are, is now a good time? Are you good? Yeah, yeah. No, now it's fine. Cool. Uh, hi. Thanks for uh, doing this. I, uh, I, don't, I almost don't know where to start. Like, you're involved in so much stuff. Uh, I felt like I had to, like, study for this, you know? Um <laughs> Can, are we? Is it cool to talk about the NFL or? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I won't get upset. Oh, okay, cool. Well, um, <laughs> they they blackballed you, right? Like they like you didn't you didn't retire because you weren't able to perform anymore, right? Right. Yeah, I, I can still the football level required to be in the NFL. It's just. Was it all because of because of the same sex marriage stuff, or was that just the straw that broke the camel's back? No, I, I'm pretty sure it was all because of that. Because the um, the NFL is like most other corporations in that they don't want any employees saying anything that isn't directly related to the corporation itself, which for the NFL is football. So right, right. when I yeah, so when I started speaking out on same sex rights. Um, you know, I, I don't think there was like a mandate or anything from the NFL, but the the way the coaches and GMs look at you know players on their teams is that if we can get a guy who can do the job, who you know maybe does it at only like ninety or ninety five percent, but he won't speak up, then that's the guy they're going to go with. Right, right. Did did Brendan also get the same treatment as you? Yeah, um, so Brendan's last year was also the same year. Um, I think they won the Super Bowl that year, actually. Uh, the uh, the Ravens did. But, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he could have played, you know, another two, two maybe three years because he's, he's a great special teams player. And, um, you know, it's not like his play had fallen off at all. It's so crazy to me that equal rights, like just treating people like – Civilized human is such a huge issue for people. Yeah, it's well. Unfortunately, the um, the way the NFL looks at it, and you know, the the way a bunch of other corporations look at it, is that people people having equal rights can be seen as controversial, even though it shouldn't be. But because it can be taken as controversial by certain segments of the population, then they're like, well, you know, we, we want those people to buy football. We want them to consume our product, so we're just going to not talk about it at all, no matter that not talking about it is essentially upholding the status quo, which is unequal rights. And, um, yeah, so if you do talk up about it, then uh, you, you tend to find yourself out of a job. But hopefully that will change um, as the years go by. I, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine, like – as and I'm part of it, like oh, just a white American male, like 
we just won't take our foot off the throat of anyone below us. Yeah, and, and, and that's the big thing that has to change, I mean, because the, the demographics in the country are changing. It's, it's, you know, it, it's great to say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, white, heterosexual male. I'm on top of the heat. That's fantastic. But, you know, in 20, 30, 40 years, like, it's not going to be that way anymore in a large part of the country. And my thing is, is that, you know, I, I would prefer for everyone to be treated fair, fairly, so then that one day if, you know, say I'm part of the minority, <laughs> then, then, then there isn't, you know, this like, oh, well, you guys had your time and now we're going to screw you over. I mean, it, I think it's better off that everyone has the same opportunity to succeed in life. And then, you know, what you make of it is up to you. And it's, it, you know, it doesn't matter what your skin color is, what your, you know, what your religion is, what your sexuality is. It's, you know, what, what are your actions as a human being? Once you were out of the NFL, you opened up about a lot of stuff. Like you, you, you took the label they gave you and ran with it. Like you spoke out on like concussions and just uh, domestic violence in the, I guess, in the workplace. I don't know how, uh, how to present, but like you really ran with it after. Like they thought they were going to shut you up, and then you got like a foothold almost. Yeah, yeah, it's a, so so one of my uh personality traits is that um if you try to tell me to shut up about something, then I'm probably going to talk even louder just to spite you. And <laughs> you know, and and one of the other things is that um uh one growing up, one of the things my parents taught me was, you know, if you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability. And so for me, it's, you know, speaking out on on human rights is no different than playing football or, you know, studying for school or whatever. If, if I choose to do it, then I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And that means drawing people's attention to stuff that is not just, um, that needs to be fixed, you know, underlying societal problems, things like that. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your job is. You, we all have to live in the same world. And if that world is messed up, well, we should probably try and fix it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like you, you think that's the case, but uh, it just <laughs> it blows my mind. Like it it blows my mind that Trump is going to be is the Republican nominee. Like it, it, it I can't. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know how people. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, well, so, so one of the other fun things is that I was a uh, history and poli-sci major in college, and, uh -huh. um, you know, you, you, you see a lot of the same patterns repeat throughout history, and they're not, you know, they're not exactly the same, but there's there's a lot of similarities. And so the thing is, is that a lot of the problems we're seeing right now that, that Trump is sort of exacerbating and, and bringing to the surface they're the problems that many empires have faced. I mean, you know, it was, it was no different in Rome when they talk about bread and circuses. You know, the, the Greeks had, they came up with the word for it, demagogue, right? So, I mean, this this isn't anything new. It's just new to us because for a long time, you know, within our lifetimes, we've we've had the sensation that our lives are okay, that everything's good, that everyone does have an equal chance. And we're, you know, I think a lot of people are realizing that that's not the case, 
And for some people, it really frightens them because they think that by bringing up minorities, something has to be taken away from them. And then a lot of other people are like, well, no, we're, we're going to bring everyone up so that way everyone has their chance. Uh, maybe I'm just not smart enough to understand that there's, like, a reason or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's human nature. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, well, and it's also something that has been pretty fairly deliberately done within, you know, within the United States by um, by those who have power and want to keep power is that if you look at legislation that's been passed within, say, you know, the last 30, 35 years, um, about our school systems, about teachers, and about unions, about all the things that go towards educating people and making them look more critically at the world around them. A lot of those things have been slashed primarily by the Republican Party, and we're now starting to reap the whirlwind of that, and that people aren't educated, they don't have a safety net to fall back on, and they're starting to get really, really angry about it. And if you tell them, hey, go eat cake, well, <laughs> we know how that turns out. It seems to me that, like, they, like, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm, like, a nut for thinking it's a conspiracy, but I don't think that I am. I think that I'm right. Uh, it seems that they give, like, a little, they'll give you, like, a little tiny bit, like, oh, well, you guys got, like, a half black president. That's good, right? Now we're going to go the other way for, like, <laughs> 16 years. You know, like, like, like stuff was so bad. Our reputation worldwide was so bad during Bush. Like, I don't know if you traveled uh, around the world at all during that time, but I toured with fans and stuff, so I saw, like, everyone hated Americans. Everyone hated Americans up mm-hmm. until 2008. And then Obama came in, and it was like, oh, all right, you guys aren't so dumb. You guys aren't the worst people on Earth. You know, and like mm-hmm. I really feel like when, when, <laughs> if God forbid Trump is president, like that's where our, that's where our reputation is going to go again, and it's just going to be hard to travel and hard to deal in other countries and hard to just hard, hard on everyone. You know what I mean? It's going to be hard on the economy too. People don't realize like people give us stuff, people trade with us, and right, uh, exactly, and. Well, and, and again, a, a big part of the problem of that is that it's going to hurt a vast majority of the American public. But the problem is, is that those in charge of the economy, you know, those, those, those people who are making tons of money, they don't worry about it because it doesn't affect them. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, that, that's why we're seeing such a huge income inequality gap that keeps growing. And, and again, historically, like, that's a terrible sign. <laughs> that is a really bad thing for society to have. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I would think so. I don't think that that catches up again at some point. Yeah, it's pretty, it always does. <laughs> uh, the other, I mean, a bunch of stuff about you fascinates me. For, for, how do you get a TED Talk? How, do, how does that happen? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the TED Talk was fun. Like, so it actually... <laughs> came after um, I wrote my first book, uh, which was Beautifully Unique Spark Ponies. It's a collection of uh, short stories and essays. And um, the people at in charge of TED, uh, June and Chris, I think are their names, um, they had invited me to go to the previous year's TED Talk at Long Beach, I guess just to check it out or whatever. So I went, and it was cool. And then um, 
I was like, you know, I, I could probably talk about something. So I sent them um, <laughs> an excerpt from my book. I'm like, hey, I think this is interesting. Uh, people might want to hear about it. They're like, yeah, you should give a talk on that. <laughs> so, that, that was, was it? Uh, yeah. yeah, that was it. And then then, uh, then I had to prep mightily for my TED Talk uh, to make sure I had, you know, everything memorized and could deliver it naturally and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it was basically I was like, Here, here's an idea I think is interesting. I'd like, you know, you guys should – should have me in to talk about it. And they're like, okay, fine. <laughs> you, you probably can't say yet how you did in uh, American Ninja Warrior, right? Yeah, I, I can't say yet because it hasn't aired. Um, first week of June, though, uh, I uh, I think I, it was definitely an experience that I had a lot of fun at, and um, I I, def- I am planning on doing it multiple years because because uh, it like it was a blast. I mean, and the other thing is that training for that. Um, I'm actually in better shape now than I ever was playing football. <laughs> yeah, those guys. Yeah, those guys are in the peak physical condition. Like the human body can't be in better shape than an American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And and then you know, because like I I watched the show on TV since its inception, and you know, I was like, you see it on TV, and you're like, okay, yeah, those things, those obstacles look pretty tough. And then you get there, and you actually look at them, and you're like. Wow, that looks ridiculously tough. How is anyone going to make it through that? <laughs> I feel like if you if you're a child and you set out to do that, that you can stay able to do that. But I feel like if at any point in your life you can't do that, you can't get to there. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um, I I think the thing is though is that it's actually it's. I think people feel that it's a lot harder to get into shape than it actually is. I mean, granted, you need the time to be able to do it. Like, you know, a lot of people, they work, you know, eight, nine hours a day. And the last thing you want to do when you come home from a a nine-hour shift is to then go work out for an hour and a half. But, I mean, it's, you know, it it really isn't that difficult to to stay in a modicum of good physical shape, you, you just have to want to carve out time, you know, here and there. And it doesn't even have to be like an hour, hour and a half of work an hour. You can get a good workout in in like 20, 25 minutes. Um, but for for me, it was, I, I looked at it like, that looks like the world's greatest obstacle course. Like, <laughs> I want to see if I can do it. It's, uh, it, it just looks fun. Did you, like, did you hang out with any of the, like, uh, more more well-known Ninja Warriors? Yeah, oh, the named ninjas? Yeah, I got I got a chance to talk to, um, I think his name's Kevin. They call him the Bull. That's his nickname. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then, um, what's her name? Casey something, the Ka- the woman Casey who Ka- was... Captain Ka- Ka- Zara. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she she was there, too, so I got a, got a chance to chat with her for a bit. It was, it was cool. Like, the, one of the really cool things about the show that, that kind of surprised me is that, like, even though it's kind of a competition between, you know, everyone on there because you're trying to compete to, to complete the course, it, it's really more of a competition against the course itself. Like, yeah. everyone's everyone's talking with each other like, okay, how, you know, how do you think we can get through this obstacle? You know, what techniques do you think you should use for this one? Stuff like that. So it, it's very cooperative in terms of, like, trying to, to actually just get through the course because – you know the people that designed it are just trying to make your life invisible. <laughs> so it's like, okay, let's, let's poke a stick in their eye and uh, try to get as many of us through as possible. Well, because it's so – the odds of beating the course are so minimal. Like, 
you're really not competing with the other people. You, you know, it's like they can tell you how to do it because chances are you're not doing it. It doesn't matter. Right, exactly. Like, like it wasn't until last year that someone finally beat the course. I mean, yeah. it took seven two, years. <laughs> two, pe- two people beat it, and, like, one of them won by, like, a few seconds or, like, split yeah. seconds. And, like, <laughs> yeah, those two guys, like, those two guys are competing. Yeah, those, like, that's it. <laughs> no one else no one else is in competition with each other. <laughs> right, exactly. Like that, well, and that, So that's the other interesting thing that I noticed um, watching the show is that if if you want to be good at American Ninja Warrior, you need to take up rock climbing, and you need to have done it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a uh, like I, I started doing rock climbing to train for it, and you know it, it's it's a great workout. I, I'm enjoying doing it, but it's something where it's like to build up your your finger strength and tendon strength and stuff like that. Like it literally takes four to five years to strengthen the tendons and ligaments in your fingers enough to do like the really challenging rock climbing thing. Like jump from one ledge to another ledge and catch yourself on your finger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, that seems super easy. Um, yeah, right. right and then it's like it's not even like even the sickest rock climbers. Then like you still have to be good at balancing. And there was a period where like parkour dudes were doing really well at that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then like rock climbers kind of took over the sport. Yeah, it's, well, one of the things I thought was neat was that generally in terms of, um, like, weightlifting stuff, if you're tall, you tend to get screwed because you just you have to lift more weight for a longer distance. And, uh, you know, proportionally, you're you're doing more work in the, the physics sense of the equation. Um, but one of the cool things about American Ninja Warrior was that they have, they have obstacles where, okay, if you're short, you know, if you have a smaller body mass, you're probably going to do better on this obstacle. You know, for example, like hanging stuff or, you know, climbing yeah. along where you you know, you don't you don't want to have to support a lot of body weight. But then there's a bunch of other obstacles where it's like, okay, if you're tall, you definitely have an advantage on this. Because, <laughs> you know, either you can stretch out far enough or, like, the warped wall. Yeah. You know, for me, the warped wall is like, okay, I take two steps and I jump and I'm there because I'm yeah. six five. <laughs> like, so, yeah. You feel like it's, the, it's the, the spider walk, the spider walk and the Yeah, yeah, that, that one was that. Yeah, the the one where you put your feet on, essentially you're kind of pushing against the wall to to walk yourself upward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. So, so actually, what's funny on that one, um, I had to come up with a different technique when I was training for that because I couldn't get like my legs are too long for that, so I couldn't do it putting my legs sideways. Yeah, I had like I actually have to rotate, so I'm like facing one of the walls so that I can bend my knees enough to actually press against them. Because I mean. Like, I don't, I haven't seen you in person, uh, but you're a professional athlete. I've seen professional athletes in person. You're a large, you're larger than the rest of the world. Like, (laughs) just, you know, like your everyday walking around weight is just, you're a big person. Yeah, that's, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you, no, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was, I was going to say that that was actually one of the funny things when um, when I was talking to people um, at you know at, at the show was that the general consensus seems to be you usually the heaviest you want to be is about like one fifty, maybe one sixty. Like anything heavier than that, it's really going to be tough because so many of the obstacles you're you're essentially supporting your weight by like balancing or hanging or whatever. And uh-huh. so I'm like, great, I'm. Six five, a hundred and ninety something. 
there is an extra 30 pounds that I don't need right now. I remember meeting someone in person, like a professional athlete in person, and it wasn't like it, he, he wasn't one of those guys where you're like, when you see him on TV, you're like, oh, that guy's massive. You know what I mean? But then, like, mm-hmm. just seeing him in person, like, being standing next to him. And I'm a big guy. And, like, standing next to him being like, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. you are average for an athlete. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I, I just don't think people understand just how big that is in person. Yeah, it, it, it's. I actually get that a lot from people when you know when I actually meet people in person who who I've never met before but have seen me on TV playing football or whatever. They're like, I didn't realize you were so tall. I'm just like, yeah, that that's because when you see me on TV, I'm surrounded by guys who are like six eight, six nine, three hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't look as big as them, but when I'm standing next to someone who's like five ten, then yeah, <laughs> I'm going to appear slightly bigger. You know, like, I guess actors are all usually pretty tall, too, I feel like. I don't know. Oh. Maybe not. Yeah. I feel like yeah, I, I, I've met, I don't know, I, I've met some pretty short actors. Well, I mean, it depends. Are we talking, like, Tom Cruise, or are we talking? <laughs> well, yeah, Tom, I mean, Tom Cruise is picking. But, like, I, like even on the, on the At Midnight panel, like, you just, you ca- like, you just were, just towered above people. Be like, right. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah, professional athlete. Uh, remember yeah. The, although the uh, the guy from Lucifer, he was uh, he was pretty tall. I, I think he was like six. Oh yeah. Oh, and there you go, actor. There you go. Yeah. Tall guy. Hard, yeah, Hardwick though is not very tall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're like, you're a big, you're still a big gamer, right? Like that's spent a lot oh, yeah, of time totally. playing. Okay. So I don't yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't I don't play online games at all. Like I don't um so like my understanding of that stuff is a little I just know the stereotypes basically. Um mm-hmm. and well, I mean to be like, fair, most of them are true. <laughs> I mean, you know I don't I don't want to judge anyone. Um yeah. but you seem like you're not those things, right? Like, um, yeah. That's actually one like I've I've tried to show people and like work and I guess be a role for. Um, is that it has to be the basement dwelling nerd, like to to play games. I mean, everyone plays games. Or so many people who play games and. You know, you can also play sports. Like, you don't have to be the jock. You don't have to be the geek. You have to be a human being. And, you know, that's that's hard and I, I try and throw labels and stuff in there to make life even harder. No, just enjoy the things you want to enjoy. And, you know, who cares if someone else enjoys them or doesn't enjoy them or doesn't enjoy them in the same way that you do? You know, look, look after your own happiness. Don't try to tell other people what, what their happiness is. Did you find the reverse stereotype to to be true for you? Like, were people like, oh, this guy's a jock, what does he know, kind of thing? <laughs> so it, um, I only got that after uh, after I started speaking out against Gamergate, the uh, wretched collection of loathsome individuals on the Internet. 
Um, yeah. But no, for for the most part, I mean, I've been playing I've been playing games since I was seven years old, like with the original NES. And the way I view myself is that I'm a nerd who also happens to be good at sports. Like <laughs> that's very very much my identity is. If I, you know, when I get home, I'm going to play video games or I'm going to read a book or, you know, I'm going to play Magic the Gathering or something like that. Like, I'm, I'm not going to sit down and watch sports because it, frankly, doesn't interest me. But I know it interests a lot of other people, and so that's fine. Um, all, I, all I ask is <laughs> just extend the same respect to, to everyone else. There's, like, this uh, stereotype of sorts. I guess it's a trope at this point. There's a trope of, like, eight eight-year-old kids playing, you know, massive online games, like, cursing out everybody, being, like, super racist. Does that exist? And, like, do you deal with that? Or, like, when you're playing games, when you're playing online games, like, you don't, you tune that stuff out so you can, like, focus on the game? Or do you, like, yeah. do you, like, like, if you hear it, do you lecture kids? Like, oh, well, you know, you really shouldn't. Should be more accepting of individuals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's definitely something that exists like that. You know, there, there's a reason it became trope. Like that's because it, it is a thing. Um, I, I, I think a big thing about it is what kind of games you choose to play, because you're far more likely to find that kind of behavior in something like, um, you know, like Halo or Counter Strike or, um, you know, a first-person shooter of some type, as opposed to. Um, you'll you'll still find it in uh, like World of Warcraft or other MMOs, but the thing is, is that since those games tend to be more persistent, um, you can choose to associate with other people. You don't have to associate with people you don't want to. Whereas in something like Call of Duty, you know, it's a one-off match. So I think that that brings out a lot worse behavior in people because they know there's no consequences. They know nothing's going to happen to them, and you know they they can just be jackasses that's you know and, and really there's there's no ill effects towards them which is hopefully something we figure out one day is how, how to act like actual human beings on the internet well, well it's like the headset you could like zap it yeah like you could zap <laughs> so it headset. Yeah, well, well i'm in favor of a system where in order to log on to the internet you have to attach electric uh shock probes to your genitals and then uh <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the idea. I think that's I think that's that would fix a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I think a lot of uh, bad behavior would cease very quickly if uh, you got a hundred volts right to the net back. Is there? But then, uh, like, is there a moderator that that says who's getting zapped, or is the person you're playing? Because if it's the person you're playing, then they'll just zap you for you know for not for not being a racist. Right, yeah, exactly. And, then, well, and, and that's the big problem with, with consequences online is, you know, how, how do you create a system that can't be gamed? Because it's, it's very easy to game systems when there isn't that physicality of actually being there with the person. Um, and, and you see that a lot with kind of uh, the abuse people face on Twitter, on Facebook, on pretty much, you know, any social media platform is, you know, those, those companies don't want those experiences to be abusive because that, that makes it a worse product. That means, you know, people are unlikely to stay using their product. But at the same time, the systems that they create, no one has yet come up with a system that, you know, that can't be gamed by someone, that can't be like, oh, you have an abuse report form. Well, okay, I get reported on this account. I'm just going to make a new account. You know, you can't catch me on um, stuff like that. 
Yeah. My personal favorite on that stuff is, like, someone will someone will tweet at me, you know, oh, Rubenstein, you know, just like a Jew, you Zionist, this, and your people should have been exterminated or whatever. And then I'll write back, if you saw me in person, I would, you know, I would whatever or whatever, like, threat them. And then they'll be like, abuse, abuse, he's threatening me. Like, yeah. so you just said you wanted my whole family's existence to be eradicated from the planet. Like, I just said yeah. I would punch you with your teeth. Like, <laughs> I don't think what I'm saying is that bad. Right, yeah, well, and, and that's just a, a bigger problem in society as a whole, is that people, like, people want, they, they feel that the freedom of speech and freedom of expressing yourself means that other people have to take your abuse while not being able to do anything back. And it's like, yeah. that's not really how that works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I get your point, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Six in one pocket at the time, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm also doing nothing? Okay, just, I just wanted to make sure that I'm also doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Situation. Uh, Chris, listen, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, thanks for finding the time for me. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, good luck with everything. I can't wait to watch your uh, American Ninja Warrior and, uh, yeah, whatever next... <laughs> crazy thing that you end up doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for, uh, for having me on, and uh, I hope I hope your drive wasn't too bad. <laughs> no, man, it was great. You uh, you helped out. You helped out quite a bit, man. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> All right, man. T- uh, take care. Take it easy. Okay, thanks. You too. Jerk, Neil.